What is the church? What should it look like? And what has it been called to do? In this series on the foundation and future of Cornerstone, we answer these questions and seek to carve out a biblical path forward for being the church in Southampton Roads. The following is a presentation of Cornerstone Bible Church in Virginia Beach. For more information on Cornerstone, as well as additional sermon downloads, please visit cbcvirginia.com. We started last week a series called The Future and the Found, excuse me, The Foundations and Future of Cornerstone. Um, we've been working as elders for a couple months now to try to figure out the answers to a couple of the important questions of where we are, what we're doing, where we're going, what we're trying to do along the way. And most importantly to all those questions is why? And why are, what, what are we founded in? And where are we going according to Scripture? So this is a little bit of a different series. It's, it's not normal, first of all, because Stacy's not preaching this morning. I am. Um, and usually we preach through a book of the Bible. Funny enough, if you've been here only about two or three months, we've been in nothing but topical messages right now. But the normal thing that we're going to be doing is going through Scripture book by book. We'll take a book and try to understand exactly the author's point to us. But the series that we went through um, in resolutions at the beginning of the year and then this one are so important that we thought that we would take some time and hit these topics. So as we go through this as a family together, we understand that we're all on the same page. And if, and if it's a struggle, then this is our great opportunity to bring stuff up maybe we didn't all know or maybe we weren't clear on so that we can understand exactly where we are together. So this is, if you can think about it more in a sense of a family talk, that's what we're doing. Now, if you're new, and I, I love the slide because I'm like, the foundations and future of Cornerstone. <laughs> like it's some kind of prophecy. Don't worry, not a prophecy, not uh, any kind of, you know, incredible fireworks. Unfortunately, I couldn't hire anyone to do it. Um, it's just an opportunity for us to look at what we do, why we do it, where we're going, what our foundations are. Um, so... That's basically what we're doing here. Uh, Stacy's not here this week. Like I said, it's not normal. He'll be normally preaching through it. So if I'm terrible, which I will be, please come back. It's very important that you know that it's not normally just me preaching. Um, we're going to start um, by reading 1 Corinthians 12. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. That's where we're going to start off. And Matthew, also, if you want to thumb over to or flip over. One of my favorite things is when Andrew Hughes said, I want you to, he was going to go through a lot of texts one day, and he goes, I want you to get out your flipping fingers. All right, everyone? You get it, flipping fingers? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so we're only going to be in two passages, though. We're going to start with 1 Corinthians 12, verse 20, excuse me, 12 to 20, and then we're going to go to Matthew 16, verse 18. Stacy continues to reference this, and this is really important to us as well. So let's start with uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 20. Um, I'll read it through. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. <clears throat> if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would be the body, the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. 
Next one, Matthew 16, to help us to, to ground ourselves where we're starting from here. Jesus says in 16, 18, he's talking to Peter and he says, and I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's pray. Father, we come to you realizing that you have communicated to us that you are God and that you want to know us and you want us to know you. So much so that you've given us scripture, so much so that you've sent Jesus Christ to make all right and to make all these things work out so that we might know you and that your justice would be upheld and your righteousness and your glory would shine. So we ask this morning as we look at these texts and as we talk through the issues that we're, we're going through and thinking about that it would bring you honor and glory that we might submit to your lordship and that we might change to follow you and so that what we do would be in line with who you are. We want desperately, Lord, to bring you honor and glory and yet we sin and yet we struggle with selfishness and idolatry and spiritual adultery, leaving you for our own things that we want to do. Lord, I pray that you would change our hearts. I pray that you grant us faith and repentance that we might believe what you say is true and that we would honor you by following in obedience. Lord, make us not only hearers, but doers of your word. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's start at the beginning here. We begin by asking the question about our foundation. Last week, Stacy talked about what our foundation was, and actually he made it really clear that it wasn't what our foundation is, but actually who our foundation is which is not built on St. Peter or built on a certain structure, but rather on Jesus Christ, that Jesus is our foundation beginning of the church. And we know that from the last passage we just talked about um, on this rock, I will build my church. Jesus is the one building the church, and he is the true foundation to go forward from there. Um, so what we're asking today, though, is not what is the foundation. We know what our foundation is. But we want to start before we launch into what should we be doing but we want to start with what we are. What are we? Who are we? What is the church? What is it when we talk about the church, the church, the church? What are we talking about? So the basic question we want to answer today is what is the church? Um, as we move forward to understanding of our purpose and vision of the church, it's important that we at least clarify what we mean by when we continue to say this word church. So um, I'm going to employ a certain method that Stace uses, and I think he does it really well, he starts with understanding what it isn't. We start with, if we can start by understanding what it isn't, it takes away a lot of the misconceptions, a lot of the misunderstandings and tears them down. It helps us to focus in, and then we'll look, while we, while we look through scripture at what it actually is and what makes the church the church. What is the church? So we'll start with what it isn't. Um, the first thing, what it isn't, if you're taking notes, there's really only going to be three bullet points at the beginning. If not, don't worry. It's probably not worth that much. And we'll also have this up on cobblestone eventually. Um, but the first point, what it isn't, the church isn't a building. Now, I worked hard at this, and uh, I got a good picture of um, Jesus building the first church. Oh, my bad. That's Jesus building his church. Uh, so I couldn't help myself. That was so fun. You don't know how long I looked for that picture, actually. <laughs> I looked at, like, Spanish guys building church, yeah. So uh, that's, that's not good. That's a little better. Um, we start with a building. We, we want to make sure that we understand that the church isn't the building. We've moved into this wonderful space. 
really enjoy it. It's so much nicer than the cafetorium and the long halls and the dirtiness. And it's, it's so much better in that sense. It's great to have a building. And it's been wonderful for us. Um, but you know the struggle with this, all right? Um, you know, where is that, you know, that going to happen? Oh, that's going to happen at the church. Or uh, how many of you ever, oh, man. How many of you ever said, kids, get in the car. We're going to church. We say that kind of stuff all the time. Or, you know, where'd you leave your Bible, honey? Oh, no, I left my Bible at church. Um, we, we use this kind of phrase all the time. And, uh, you know, you've also probably heard someone say, oh, you have a, a beautiful church. Or did you, have you seen that church? It's beautiful. It reminds me of a time when I was at Northland where I went to college. There's only like, okay, so it's up in the sticks, but there's only like three ways out of the campus. But one of them went by, and we call it the soccer ball church way because it was this big half of a soccer ball looking dome thing. And in fact, if you know, if anyone knows it on the other side of Chesapeake, if you go down Route 17 and you know what I'm talking about, there's a big dome white church over there. It was kind of like that, except it had like panels on it and it looked perfectly like a soccer ball. So we associated it as the soccer ball church. And that's, a, that's how we know it. So a lot of times we associate church with the building. It just kind of happens. Um, and you may say, well, Chris, when I, when I say that, I don't mean that the church is just the building. Well, I, I know, because I say it too sometimes, and I try to catch myself, and I'm, I try so hard with Afton. I try to say, okay, where are we going this morning? Church. No, we're going to the church building. Why? You know, oh, yeah, to, to, to play with my friends. Oh, my training is useless. <laughs> you know the difficulty, though. When we say these things, when we say we're going to church, we say I left my Bible at church, we're communicating to our children that the, that the place is very, very important even though we don't mean to. We're not c- completely telling the whole truth about what the church is. Um, do you ever find yourself thinking, this is something else, you know, you, you say, okay, okay, I know it's not that, but think about the way, the, the consequences of what you're saying to your children and how we're teaching them. I, I, I am very aware of my mistakes and doing it all the time. Um, and we try, and I try to train myself out of this and continue, and I say, I left that church. No, oh, the church building. So, let us think that way and remember that it's the building is not the church. And you say, okay, I know that. I know that it's not the church. But we struggle with holding on to this shell sometimes. Have you ever found yourself um, thinking even, finally, we've got into a building, we're finally looking like a real church, we're legit, we have like a, you know, like a name on the front, and uh, you know, we look like we have it together here a little bit. Or um, have, you ever deci- have you ever found yourself describing, when, when someone asks you about your church, you find yourself describing the location or where it is or, um, you know, the kind of stuff that happens there or whatever. A lot of times this is simply because we're, we're not remembering what the church is. And we, use, we take shortcuts about that. And, and I understand that. And I want you to understand, we're going to say a lot of stuff this morning that we have wrestled through and worked through and made so many mistakes and continue to. And we want to say that these things that we're going to deal with this morning and as we continue on these next couple weeks, these are things that we are struggling with and want to obey God and we want to obey the word and that we have made mistakes along the way. We need to correct our thinking. We need to correct the way we do things. We need to correct the way that we teach our children. Not that we've done it all wrong, but sometimes we don't think about it. So we're going along this journey and trying to do these things correctly because we believe it's important to be what God has made us to be. And that's why, that's why we're preaching this series. Not because we think that we're, you know, we're, we're all, you know, you guys are just this and you guys are this and, and we make some mistakes, but, you know, we're all in this together and we continue to know that we are all sheep 
and we want to be in line with the shepherd and what he's doing. So um, another th- idea is uh, what do you, how do you describe it to unbelievers when you describe your church? You know, just think about those answers. These tell you a lot about what you think about what the church is. If something cataclysmic were to happen to this building, let's say a huge, like the thing that happened in Russia, except a huge meteor shower came and just destroyed Nimmo Parkway and all the stuff that was close to it. And we didn't have any insurance and we couldn't get in a meeting place somewhere else and we couldn't find anything. Would, would it be the, the, you know, the, the down of, of Cornerstone? Would we not meet together or would we you know, go away and Cornerstone would be done? Um, let's just think about those kind of questions and what, what that means specifically. Um, would you stop coming simply because we don't have a building, someplace that's legit to meet? Um, the answers will tell us a lot about it. So the building is a tool. The building is not the church. The building is the tool. Stacy's used this. Uh, Ed has talked about this. Jordan has talked about this. St- the, what we have here is a tool. It helps us accomplish what the mission of us, what we're supposed to be doing as a church. So it's a tool. We want to remember this. Second thing, what it isn't. The church, first of all, isn't a building. But the second thing, and this is probably where I struggle more, and probably I think where the majority of us really struggle, is that it isn't a meeting or a service. This time right here isn't the church alone. Let me, let me, let me say what I mean by that. Well, how many times have you said, and I am guilty, I said this, how many times have we said, uh, well, I attend Cornerstone Bible Church, or I go to a little church down in Virginia Beach, or we, uh, you know, we go on Sunday mornings to this place, and uh, that's, where, that's where membership is there, and that's where we're part of that. We go to that place. What else do we attend or go to? Let's, let's think about that for a minute. Sometimes we go to community or, you know, city meetings, or we go to uh, birthday or work parties with people, or we uh, go to the rec center. We attend college classes or school classes. We attend uh, a book club. Maybe you attend, some of it maybe attend American Legion meetings. Some of you may go to AA meetings with friends or something like that. We attend that, or people do. That's what we are part of this meeting or that meeting. We go to concerts. We attend school productions or plays. We attend parent-teacher conferences. We go to kids' soccer games and work conferences. All, I could keep going and listing and listing and listing. That we go to this and we go to that, and we make sure that we are on time to this. And Is church another thing that we go to? that we attend, something that, you know, like I fit it into my schedule, it's important to me. And you know what? I think this happens a lot. It's important to me, so I'll make it in my schedule, and we're going we're gonna to be there every time the doors are open. But it's, and then we just, you know, we go, and we respectfully listen, and we enjoy the music maybe, and we go to the next thing, which is usually lunch. And then we m- may see some believers throughout the week, and, you know, but the really important thing is that we get back on next Sunday again t- for the service. It's really important that we get back for the service and meeting together again. Is that what the church is? A, a meeting every week? Is that, what, is that what the church is? Is that what Jesus is describing for us? Is that what Paul's talking about? Making sure that we always have a service? That that is what the church is? Um, I think it's important, <laughs> and, you know, and I, I, I add this, sometimes there's a few zealous ones of us that are excited about meetings and we come to core training. You know? We get a core training, we get a, a bonus session in there. That's good attendance right there. Um, and we're faithful, and that's good. But let's not let it break down to that, because this is simply backwards. If we're saying that the meeting is what we are, is what the church is, it's what the church is, by this meeting, we have it backwards. We have the cart before the horse. 
The expression, an expression of Cornerstone is this meeting. That's what this is. It's one of the times that we get together to express together our corporate worship to God, to learn and hear the reading of the word, to encourage each other with songs, and to also praise God together, to lift up together. And I'm certainly not saying that we should disband this gathering. We know clearly from Hebrews 10 that that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We'll make sure that we don't neglect gathering together of ourselves. That's really important. Why? Because we continue to encourage one another for righteousness. We remind ourselves of the gospel and our true need for grace sent to us in Jesus Christ. We encourage each other into doing those things and to righteousness. So gathering is really important. But do not think that this is church. Meeting or a service is not church. It is a part of it, but it doesn't equal church. So the meeting is an expression of who we are. It's not the essence. Um, so the meeting or the service, what we're doing right now, is only expression of who we are. It's not the essence of who we are. So we talked about the building, that that isn't the church. We talked about a service or a meeting, that that isn't it. The third one I want to talk about is that the church isn't a Sunday morning tradition. Now, um, what makes us Americans? We have so many interesting and good traditions. Um, One of my favorites, tailgating. All right. Now, I saw the guy on the left and looks a little goofy, and I want to put that up here because I want to make Bears fans look goofy, especially since Stacy's not here and make his guys. Oh, sorry. Anyone else? Who cares? So tailgating, an American tradition. What about um, like Thanksgiving and Christmas time, the things that we do for that, and the Fourth of July and President's Day mattress sales, and you know these great traditions that we hold dear, mattress discounters, um, goofy things that we hold as traditions. What a stupid thing! The other things, um, you know, uh, many of us uh, like like trick or treating. That's an American tradition that we see happen. What is that all about? A great, a great holiday for kids, an even better one for American dentists, by the way. Um, another thing, Black Friday shopping. Only in America will people kill each other to get a few more dollars off what they're going to purchase anyway. Um, the use of, <laughs> this is one of my favorites, the use of the standard measurement system. Really? We can't like, get past that and do what the rest of the world is doing, the metric system? No, we use feet over here and this over here and all these different things. Why can't we just use the metric system? But... It's a great American tradition. Um, Groundhog Day. <laughs> Almost as weird as that guy's mustache, but um, an American tradition that, we, that makes us Americans. We, are we going to have more winter or are we going to get an early spring? I don't know. Punxsutawney Phil, tell us. <laughs> what a weird tradition. Um, another one that I was totally disillusioned when I first saw it happen. I couldn't believe that the ball didn't either bounce or smash. When I was a kid, I was like, that's it? I thought it broke. I thought like, I was like, two, one. Nothing. Nothing happened. I was so disappointed. I was like, what? And now I think about it, I'm like, what a weird tradition. Why, why do we watch the ball drop as though it ushers in the new year? I would love to be the guy and pause it. You know? <laughs> it didn't make it. Oh, no. <laughs> the new year's not coming. Um, another one, Monday Night Football. American football. We love football. Uh, American hunting. Or sweet tea, or dare I put it on the screen? I know. The other shrine that's not open on Sunday, I know. Chick fil A. Um, very American. Visiting Washington, D.C., backyard barbecues, uh, March Madness coming up, 
big American traditions, important stuff to us that makes us kind of who we are. Um, my favorite is listening to Bing Crosby at Christmas time. Um, many of these things that we, we just do, it's part of who we are, and we don't even necessarily think about it. Let me pose to you that church can often be that exact same thing. Now, if, you, if any of you have ever listened to any country for any amount of time, you know that the, a, good, a good Sunday consists of a good, fun previous Saturday night with friends and beer and fun, and then Sunday morning starts with a good cup of coffee, you know, folders in your cup, and then a good Sunday service with, a, you know, good courses of amazing grace, and then you got to have mama's fried chicken and sweet tea, and then you move on to a, a wonderful nap with your dog on the front porch, and you got you got the regular American Sunday. That's what you got. Oftentimes, it becomes a ritual, it becomes something that we just do. Um, when I worked at HSBC, which is man, three, three and a half, four years ago, almost everyone on my team that I worked with went to church. They didn't know anything about God, but they went to church. They didn't know anything about anything, and, and like their lives just didn't even at all claim that. And they, they went to church every Sunday. They're very faithful because it's what they did. It's what their parents always did. It's what their grandparents always did. And they knew that's what they're supposed to do on Sunday morning. They would dress up and big hats and all this kind of paraphernalia and, and do the Sunday morning thing. Um, so often we think of it as a ritual. Um, I left lots of stuff off the list, but like I said, the, the one that's, that's a struggle for us is sometimes we, we do view this right here as a ritual, as making sure, what are you going to do on Sunday morning? Well, duh, I'm going to go to church. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I get you know, my part of the routine done. Get up, get the kids ready, which is so hard. Why can't they make it easier for us? But, you know, and get to church finally, because it's something we've got to do. It's what we do on Sunday. And some of us here have done it our whole lives. Uh, I have done it my whole life. My dad was a pastor when I was a, when I was a child. So every, every Sunday, the, when the doors were open, we were there. Even if I was sick, we were just in the back room. That's all it was. So, like, we were there. That was part of what you did on Sunday. And some of you have never liked going to church. You, you still may not like going to church. But you know it's part of the, what you're supposed to do on Sunday morning. So we do it. Church is not, it is not a Sunday morning ritual. It can't be. It's not what it is. Um, going to church, a church service, is a nice tradition, but it's not the church. It's not the church. Just going to the church service is not what the church is. It's, not, it's nice. It's a nice tradition, but it's not what church is. So what is the church? We've already talked through those three things I, I pointed out. We already pointed out that it's not a building. It isn't uh, a service or a meeting. And it isn't a tradition that we just follow along and we try to make sure it's along with the other stuff that we do. You know, and then tomorrow night we'll do Monday night football and then we'll make sure we get ready for the next big, you know, whatever barbecue that we're going to do. So what is the church? What are we talking about then? I thought long and hard about this. And we could talk about all kinds of stuff here. We could talk about the, the, the Greek word ekklesia. And I could parse it out for you and think through all the implications. I could do a biblical theology and see how, it, how, it's, how it's presented to us through the word. Um, we could talk about what Christians have always thought it was throughout the ages. We could, I could pose to you the Catholic idea, and I could pose to you the Lutheran idea, and I could pose to you the Baptist idea, and start talking about it that way. I think the most important thing is actually the premise of all of those things, which brings us back to understanding this. The common denominator in all of these is right in front of our faces. It's the people. The church is the people. What is the church? The church is the people. 
when I say that, it sounds really trite. It's not. It's the basis for what we're doing. The service is not the people. I mean, excuse me, the service is not the church. The building is not the church. Even though if it gets tears down, what, is it still there? Yeah. If we don't have a service, are we still a church? Yeah. You know, if we, you know, if we take care of this tradition and change it, and we don't do it on Sunday anymore, we do something else. Well, we do it for the Lord's Day, and that's really, you know, symbolism. But you know, would that change us from not, we wouldn't be the church anymore? No. The people are the church. If you want a formal de- definition, um, uh, let me just say it real quick. I didn't write it down on the screen for you, but Stacy has kind of come up with this. And I think it's really helpful for us. The church is the community or assembly of believers drawn together by the Spirit's work at a particular time and place, 2013, Virginia Beach, um, in history, a certain time and place, to serve as the body of Christ. And that's what we started in, in 1 Corinthians 12. We have all these members, these different parts of the body, these different believers, and they're all different, but they're all part of one body, and that's what makes us the church. We are not a bunch of ears or a bunch of eyeballs or a bunch of toe knuckles. We're, we're, we're pieces together as the church body, and we are to be serving as such. When Jesus says in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates shall not, uh, hell shall not prevail against it, he isn't talking about a brick building like Jesus building the wall back there. He's talking about the kingdom of God, people. He's talking about building his church. He's talking about bringing people to know him and saving them from hell and damnation and so that they might be his redeemed, his church body, the evidence of who he is through his spirit's work in people here on the earth. So (laughs) he's talking about the people that he's brought together to be the body. Now the application. So you say... I say amen to all of that. You know, you're right. We're just we're the people, we're the believers, and uh, that's that's what we are. I say to us, then, what about all the stuff that we do, all stuff? And we're going to talk about more about specific stuff later on, but it's very important then that we actually act like the church and follow what God is to be, God is doing, and obey His commands as we go forward from here and be the church. So the first exhortation to us is that we would actually be the church, be the people of God, be together, drawn together, one body together, and act thusly. Um, For instance, are we acting like it's the truth? Are you loving your brothers practically? In prayer, in encouragement, in serving, in proclaiming Christ together? Are we proclaiming Christ to our neighbors and our, our loved ones and our family and, and even those who maybe we go to work with? Do you act like people are actually what makes up the church? Or are you guilty? Are we guilty of making this a service? Even though you might not believe it, that's what it is. Are you guilty of making the service the church? Think about it. How often other times in the week am I being the church? Am I acting like the body of Christ on earth? Many of us may define the church the same way that I've talked about this morning, but we've never served a single day in the nursery. We've never worked a, a one single time to help out, you know, doing ushering. Some of us have never even reached out to encourage someone in Christ and say, hey, how are you really doing? Not talking about football or the rain, but rather about Jesus and about what we're doing here on earth as the body of Christ. Some of you have never taken the spiritual, bo- the growth of the body seriously. Some of you just are worried, and, and, and it's an individual thing, is we make sure that 
I'm doing the right thing and I'm obeying Scripture and I read my Bible. What about being the body to one another? What about all the one another commands that we are encountering in the New Testament specifically? What about that? There's, there's, a, there's an outlet for that, not just our family. When was the last time that you read with someone the Bible together who's part of this church family who's not your actual family? I'm not talking about a men's Bible study somewhere else, and that's good. But when did you encourage someone here on a Tuesday morning, you got together and you read Scripture together and encouraged each other in the gospel? That's what we need to be. We need to be living this out. It's more than just this meeting. It's more than a building or a ritual. It's being the body. Um, how often do you sit down with someone and do this together and, we, and, and, and pray together? How do we actually do this out? I'm going to step on toes, and we know that, and we've talked through this as elders. This, how many of you just won't, just refuse to be part of a community group? I don't want to do that. It's just I don't feel comfortable. I don't like all the kids. <laughs> Doesn't matter which one you go to, there are going to be a lot of kids. I understand that. And there's reasons for some who can't, health reasons. We understand that. There are ways, though, that we get around this because we are the body of Christ. Don't continue to make excuses. We know that some can't for some specific reasons. Well, then we should reciprocate and work back together to be the body of Christ. When was the last time that we got into the mess of other people's lives? This is not just elder stuff, by the way, although we take it very seriously. You ought to take it seriously. This is on you to love one another. And we know that, and we struggle, and we fail at it, so we know you must too. So we want to come alongside and say, let's do this thing. Let's be the body of Christ. Let's obey these commands. That's why for our membership, it's very important that we're, we're part of community groups and loving one another in very practical and tangible ways. Because we realize that church isn't coming to this service. Church isn't about this building. Church isn't, so there's, there's parts of our body who can't even make it most Sunday mornings because of maybe a physical condition or one reason or another. We are the body of Christ already. We want to act like it. Don't act like it's a meeting, another meeting that's going on throughout the week. Be the body of Christ. Can the, this is another question. <laughs> From 1 Corinthians 12, it's very clear. When everyone's not doing what they ought to do, what they are made to do, we don't function properly. And we never can. We can't be healthy. Unless you're, if you're, if you're a toenail, you be a toenail. If you're a patellar ligament, you be a patellar ligament. You do it to God's glory and you work as hard as, you know what God has made you to do and you do it and you love one another and you ask for the grace to help you do the things that you're not good at. That's what we want this to be, a body of believers that continues to grow as a body, not just another civic meeting. That's not what this is. And we call one another and you to that today and we'll continue and we'll ask the tough questions and we're talking about on Friday morning Ed and, and uh, Ed and Jordan and I were talking about it and saying we, we just need to start working and holding people to this and loving them and saying, hey, wh why aren't you doing this? This is part of being the body of Christ. Do it. We need the same thing. Chris, why aren't you doing this? Well, I'm lazy. Well, then stop being lazy. Confess it, repent, and ask for help to do it right. I don't want to. Well, that's because you're sinful. <laughs> I know that. That's what we all struggle with. We all have the, the same problem, which is sin, which is idolatry, which is selfishness. And we love ourselves. So I'm, we're calling us together to say, let us be the body of Christ. There's only one way to do this, and that's to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. 
That's, a, that's remember, that's our foundation. Let me go back to the most important part of this at the, at the foundation, is that Jesus is the one who is building his church. Jesus is the one who gives us the power to do anything. And the Spirit is revealing through the word who Jesus is and empowering us to do what is right. I'm not talking about miracles. I'm talking about loving each other. I'm talking about repentance. I'm talking about making a meal for someone when you already have a lot going on. Man, everyone is busy, by the way. Let me just throw this out there. There's not one of us that's really not very busy. So don't make busyness an excuse to not obey the word of God. This is serious, really serious. I want you to feel that way because we feel it and we struggle and we, we fail too. But we ask for grace and he gives it to us over and over and over again. So let us lay claim to that grace. Let us triumph not in what we can do. Okay, we're going to serve a lot more meals and we're going to do a lot more of this and, you know, and we're gonna, I'm going to go pray more. No, you need first and foremost to repent and say, God, help me to do these things. I can't do them on my own. I don't want to do these things. Give me the desire to do what is right. Give me the desire to read your word. Give me the desire to love one another. So we come back and know that the cornerstone and our foundation is Jesus Christ. And that first and foremost, that sets us on a trajectory then to be the body of Christ. He wouldn't do, give us a, a task to do without giving us the means to do it. So let us find our foundation and our strength and our courage to do it this way. I'll leave you with three things. Things to do. The first thing is to think through this as we've talked. Think about this. Is it possible that you unknowingly even view the church as one of these three things that we've talked about? You, you know, you really hold a lot. There's a lot of things that are, you know, like in your life that the building is very important. I want you to go home and think about these things. Talk about it with your wife. Talk about it with your community group. Talk about it with people Outside of that, I don't care. Think about this. The second is, let's make a decision then. If we believe this is true, then, then, then take it. If this is something that the Bible is telling us to do, and it seems to be the way the Bible is presenting it, make a decision about it and say, okay, I buy in. Let's do this. If you make the other decision, just letting you know it's rebellion. <laughs> so don't make that decision, but I know I, I put you in a corner, but that's, that's not really my fault. <laughs> Um, and the third one is just be the church. Then act on it. Love one another. Don't be selfish. And you're going to be, I know, because I'm selfish too. And I don't want to do this, and I don't want to do that. Don't be selfish. Be the church. Love one another. All right, let's pray. Dear Father, God, we need you. We recognize that we are your creatures. We are your creation that is made in your image. But we also realize that we struggle so much with sin. We're marred by it. We love our sin. We want to do what's good for us. We want to do what's convenient for us. We want to live the American dream. Lord, help us to live out what you have set forth for us. And we know that we can't do it. So we beg for mercy. And we glory in the gospel of Jesus Christ, which answers that question. No, you can't do it. No one can do it. There's none righteous. We know that righteousness is only through faith. So we ask, Lord, right now, I pray that you would grant us faith, that you would grant us repentance, that our hearts would break, and that we would love you. 
just day to day. I'm not talking about some big spiritual change, God, like that we've never experienced before. I'm talking about day to day that you would make us aware of our sin. You'd make us aware of your glory and your grace. And through your spirit's work, as we read your word, as you bring to mind things, that we'd submit to your lordship. We want you. We want you to do cool stuff with us. We want you to be honored through what we say and do. We pray that you would continue to grow us and build your church. We find all of our strength in you. We love you in Jesus' name.